welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Uh, you, you'll you'll notice we're missing a couple people this week because uh, I, I have overthrown the tyranny of Bill and Linda, and this is my podcast now. And joining me this week are my good and loyal companions. This is yep, Charles. Mister. This is Jenna. <laughs> and I'm Chris. And hello, my minion, I mean friends. <laughs> <laughs> Do not worry, power will not change me. Duh. Anyway. The power does change some people. Some people, but not me, famously. Mm-hmm. Very humble. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, this week uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a, a uh, kerfuffle in the uh, game developer community, or maybe a bit more than that, as this majorly affects some of them. Uh, but we're going to be talking about the Unity scandal. Uh, so Can we call for- it a scandal yet? Yeah. Uh, I mean, is there a word that more conveys mm. uncontrollable wildfire on a shit heap? Someone from uh, Kerfuffle, but I still don't know if that is correct. <laughs> hmm? Kerfuffle. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if scandals... What's, what's making out to potentially become a scandal, yes. I Well, I guess when we talk about what the CEO did, and some other things, maybe it is a scandal. Mm-hmm. But we should talk uh, about it. Yeah. So a little, uh, a little uh, background uh, for viewers: uh, at the, an engine is what a game developer will often use to help render their game. Uh, it's kind of the they'll develop against an engine to make a game. So. Uh, when you load up a game and it says like Unity at the beginning, that's the engine the game runs on. Uh, and a lot of uh, indie developers in particular use Unity. Uh, so with that uh, background, uh, Chris, do you want to describe what's going on or do you want me to? I've talked um... a lot so far. Yeah, no. Uh, so what's going on with, with Unity in a nutshell is they want to make some changes to how they license their engine uh, to an extent that uh, could be and, and maybe you know detrimental to a lot of uh, indie developers out there uh, by charging basically per, uh, I believe it's install. Um, yes. Get the exact fee. Um, you know, the fee may sound nominal. However, when you start to rack up how many installs can happen in a game, uh, you start to see that this isn't a, a small deal by any means. And, and the ones that generally end up uh, 
paying those fees are the developers unless they choose to start maybe passing that down to um, the actual um, you and I, right? The, the players of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that cost has got to be paid by somewhere. Uh, in, in contrast, uh, you know, there are other game engines out there like uh, Unreal uh, Game Engine, and I believe they've, they've always kind of done it in terms of a, a royalty, a small percentage uh, based off of... Um, uh, how their engine is used. Uh, we can get into those details. I'll have to pull up their structure. I had a nice chart on it earlier. But basically, Unity is looking to make that change. And some shady stuff has happened, and they probably didn't think it through, which we, we know they really didn't think it through. Hmm. Maybe they don't care, and we'll talk about that too. Um, but essentially, uh, you know, they're here to start cashing in on on what they believe they've built up this large indie developer base a large amount as, as seth said of games out there that are used widely amongst a, a lot of different developers and uh it's time for them to cash in they, they don't feel like they're getting their fair share of you know the revenues that, that are potentially out there so they're kind of doing it in a scummy way and uh you know that's the best way to describe it and there's some actions that led up before this that also were definitely kind of scummy uh, including with those uh, individuals like the CEO who has passed uh, um, actions uh, at other game companies. So, yeah. I think it'd be good to give a little bit of history on the leadership, but to just kind of elaborate too yes. on who this impacts. Supposedly, this is not going to impact nonprofits, charities, or gambling, like not nonprofits, education, and uh, uh, gambling games which to Why not me gambling because gambling's like like there's so much revenue to be had there i know gamblers they're throwing their money away anyways yeah but it's yeah. toxically well uh so a lot of gambling games are free to play and so like uh the fee is 20 cents per install i think and so most uh, most free to play games rely on a few big big spenders to make their money because most people will download the game install it and then delete it almost immediately so i think that's one of the reasons is like any game that's got a high high install to low engagement rate is gonna really get hurt bad and they're just trying to plug a hole there (laughs) <laughs> anyway go on jenna sorry that that's just what i say like there's a specific group that's getting hit with this and uh it's really interesting about who they chose to lay down on yeah well i mean they're after like they're after the money of uh the developer or bigger indie developers the like they want to uh, melt the whales yeah the devol- devolver studio uh, the studio behind Cult of the Lamb, uh, which uh, ha- I'll have something to say about that in a second. Uh, like the the big ones are the ones that could survive this potentially, but even then it would be ruinous to them. And I guess I'll just like the the Cult of the Lamb, the developer of Cult of the Lamb. Uh, has flat has already said that they'll just be pulling the game come January first to buy it now, or you won't be able to because they don't want to have to pay 
20 cents per install on a game that's already been downloaded and installed a few tens of millions of times. But it sounds like that may not even save them because I thought part of this was retroactive too. Like supposedly for like all the history of the installs. Well, it'll install or the the policy is set to go into effect at in January first, I believe. But I think it needs like some sort of initial kickoff to like queue billing at that level. I'm not sure, but there's absolutely no way it's possible for them to retroactively just go, oh yeah, you guys all owe us more money. Yeah, like we, we changed the terms of service and now you're going to owe us money for you using so, it in the past. That's never going to hold up in court. You know, how were they billing before? Uh, they had different tiers of, uh, of service. So basically <laughs> they basically uh, the companies are already being charged based on the volume that they do. Cause I think that's what the tiers are based on sure. or uh, the, but yeah, you, you'd have like a basic tier and then a, like a medium and a high tier and you pay you pay for the engine. You're legally required to put the Unity logo, I believe, at the beginning of your game. Like there, so you signed a contract to, yeah. use, to use the engine and publish games with it. I don't think that they can just alter the deal. Yeah, and, and I think what, what it comes down to is there. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, before you say that, Chris, unless unless there's some freaky wording in the contract that says if they need to, they can update the terms. Which we've I, seen before. Yeah. Have we seen it in regards to charging money, though, where a business just uh, goes, not in yeah, terms of charging about- money. Yeah, no. And, and that's the thing is, uh, if you've bought and paid for the the product, whether it's subscription or not, if if this is subscription based, they can change it, which is probably likely why they chose the date they did, as opposed to like this goes into effect today or something. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as giving people time to prepare. But I suspect that you know any of the developers that are using that that engine, Unity's engine, are paying on a year or multi year, um, probably contractual basis. Yeah. But but what. What Unity is trying to, to get out of this is uh, a share of the revenues, except this isn't revenue sharing. This is revenue gouging, uh, effectively. Um, and and that's kind of the difference between, you know, one of the other engines I, I mentioned before, Unreal, is it's kind of a, a fraction, you know, 3 to 5% or something like that of revenues that, that are shared between what you happen to build on that engine, um, which is, you know, fair, not fair, depending on on who you are as a developer. But it, it makes sense with those really, really big whales out there that that create these massive games with, as you pointed out, so tens of millions of users. But this is this is far beyond that. This is like twenty uh, cents on the dollar. Yeah, it, it's twenty cents on the dollar. Or twenty and cents on the install, I guess. Yeah, on on the install. But but the amount of times uh, there was like a. The way they worded the installs was like, we'll do our best to kind of make sure that, you know, one person who installs it 10 times will only count the one time, but it's practically impossible uh, for them to really track how that's done, you know? Yeah. And uh, Chris brings up the next extremely 
good or good point is like how and, and a lot of people have been asking like how does unity know who's installed the game and how many times mm-hmm. and how do they tell the difference between a an actual install of the game a charity install of the game so a lot of the games that are uh, up for this fee increase are install or bought off of uh, charity bundles like humble bundles mm-hmm. uh, so how do they tell like that because like that would stop a lot of people from putting their games in charity bundles because they uh, pirated too yeah pirated. And, you know it's not a pirated mm-hmm. like all of these and unity's answer to this was oh don't worry we've got our own internal algorithm that we aren't gonna share Trust me, bro. Yes, yeah, yeah. The answer is trust me, bro. <laughs> you have this many installs this month. You owe us this much money. Trust me. Yeah, because like one of the things is, let's say there's a group of people or uh, you know an individual who wants to fuck over a developer, they could mass install the game, like pirated copies. If those copies mm-hmm. could be charged, and now exactly. all of a sudden people are getting hit with a like a crippling bill. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that yeah. Uh, one of the main concerns of developers and something that uh, they've tried to walk back but haven't provided good re- like a good reason of how they're going to... like Once again, it's still just trust us. And no one's like, we don't obviously trust you anymore. <laughs> so let's talk about the CEO, John Riccatello, who came into Unity with a reputation previously and his background which seems to be driving this behavior from the company. Yeah, I think in my pitching of this episode, I described him as an arch nemesis of the gaming community. <laughs> and why is that? Well, uh, I mean, he was a, his previous job was as CEO of EA, over which he saw an impressive shitification of games that are just Filled to the absolute brim with microtransactions, loot boxes, and like that's his uh, his approach to game design is squeeze every penny you can out of your player base. And he was previously co- uh, quoted in a board meeting saying that they needed to start. Uh, or they should start charging a microtransaction anytime you wanted to reload your gun in a game like Call of Duty, because players were highly invested and wouldn't complain about the fees. Yeah, I think it's been, yeah, because it had been like three fourths of the way through the game to where you want to yeah, finish the game. It, it's a pay to win structure. It's, it's a pay to play. He's yeah, talking. Well, pay to, pay to play, pay to win. Um, and, and historically it's not gone out well. I remember when there was a, uh, uh, one of the Star Wars games that was released under EA and on launch day, there were tons of stores with just unpurchased copies sitting on shelves, uh, because people knew what it, what it was for the cash grab that, that it was. And, yeah, um, uh, that was Star Wars Battlefront Battle, 2. Yeah, Battlefront 2. And and it, it ruined it for that that franchise, in my opinion. And they continued down that that road. And and it's got it got so bad with EA that you know it's morphed into this this loot box uh, 
uh, economy for so many of these businesses and this non-ending microtransaction that we now see a lot in mobile games too uh, on the, the, the free to quote unquote play um, you know a lot of that was was pioneered by this approach and it's prompted mm-hmm. you know certain governments even to uh, particularly in the EU to try and pass laws and regulations around it because it's it's bullshit is what it is it's, um, it's gambling just not with money well, you use money, yeah. but you don't get money back. Right. Yep. Yeah. Like, There's no uh, actual value in it. So, yeah. um, but yeah, and, like and loot boxes are a major concern. I think uh, it's Fortnite. Is it Fortnite EA? Uh, I think that one might be. Uh, so it's uh, you've got someone uh, coming into April. So, yeah. Yeah. But, he was making these decisions, and then not to, and then to boot, he sold. I think they said two thousand shares the week before, of his shares of Unity before this announcement came out. But I think either in the last year or pretty close to that, it's been actually uh, over fifty six thousand of his shares, not bought anymore. And how that is not considered inside trading, I will be interested. Depends on whether or not. Uh, so sometimes with those, and you'd have to look at what was filed with the SEC, I will say sometimes if they're pre-scheduled, it, it's hard to prove that it's insider trading. Um, yeah. However, this, yeah, again, I mean, pre-scheduled, I've heard. Yeah. So if it was pre-scheduled, that's where it gets difficult. Now, you could also have it where they've always planned to do this and they knew they had that on schedule. But that, again, that, that gets hard to prove. Yeah. Um, but where you get into a problem is if it was not a scheduled sell of a share, because because a lot of times what happens uh, for those CEOs is those shares are how they're ultimately compensated or paid. So whether they take a low salary or no salary, they'll just do some kind of scheduled sell of their shares. And so obviously it behooves them to make good business decisions around when those sells happen. But again, I I, I am wary to that as well because obviously if there's a sale a sell of the shares let's say for the year and then that announcement comes out right after what was the decision on the timing of that announcement versus beforehand but i roll that back we can't say who knows maybe there was a medical bill he needed to pay (laughs) maybe something happened in his life that he had to get a new house i don't know so it's it's wrong i mean this is it's not good optic this is totillo he's he doesn't have a house. <laughs> he doesn't have a home loan. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I uh, you know. Well, I I want to just. Well, I hope this is one of those things. There's there, there. Hopefully, there's a special hell for the people that develop the loot box because uh, dealing with children. When I played video games as a kid, this was not something I had to deal with. Yep. Mm-hmm. Emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> I have had to deal with this as an adult that doesn't... I don't play too many video games. I play a little. But um, the boy, the kids, oh my god, when they... To get a new suit or a new, and they don't understand the value of money mm-hmm. and they're like, can I just borrow... Can I just have six bucks for this or whatever it is? And it's a constant no, 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 no. Um, yeah, because like I, 
play a I play a couple uh, gacha games myself, and like the their internal price structure is for a lot of these is so a, a full draw for most games is like 10, 10 draws of whatever you're playing for, and most of these games price a draw uh, like a full draw like that around ten dollars, and I'm just like, <laughs> no man. That's not like even if I got a rare drop off that, it's not worth ten dollars. Like that's yeah. not ten dollars of a thing. Well, and especially if it's advertised, if it's if it's a children niche, and there's some stuff. The VR is really bad right now with some of their children's games that have, to me, have this stuff in it. Yeah, that's it's not character building. Right, I mean, if you get it, you're to me, it's effectively you're cheating, which is maybe fine as an adult, but not. Uh, it's not a great lesson for kids. Um, I don't know. It, yeah. it's, <laughs> I think it's to me it, because it, you know we talk about this gambling, but you don't get anything back. Yeah. I mean, I've already where kids have cleared their parents' savings account, not understanding the value of money, to pay for in-game purchases. Yeah. Like, there's nothing they can do. Like, this is not only happening here in the U.S., but in China, too, which is well, really interesting. They also don't have I – mean, their reality, they don't – I know one of the problems I have is, is the, the – well, the youngest one especially doesn't understand that he's not going to be interested in that game in two weeks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, got, it, there's no way to understand this. Well, it's, <laughs> it's gambling. Like it's the same thing as like sitting in front of a of a one of the coin machines pulling the lever just like it yeah, it is now just you push the button and it goes you win or you lose and the that is the that's like the yeah. addictive part is like the yeah, you win but then you lose and you're like I'll have to keep going. And for these games, like playing the playing the 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 gamble is just pushing a button, and then you win, ding, you win, ding. But just insert some more uh some more money to keep going, ding, and you win. I and the thing is, these kids are like creds on Twitch for having these loot boxes or this new armor or the certain gum gun. Yeah, I mean, and I think- not about because there are benefits. I've been trying to pay, you know, not to be an anti gamer because I'm not. There's really some huge benefits for the kids with with playing um, social games, right? Mm-hmm. They talk to their friends, you know, up to bedtime. Even they can, you know, there there's there's a lot of um, to me. There's a lot of benefits, but then they throw this crap in there. At the same time, and it makes you want to just say never, never again. <laughs> yeah, uh, there are some like you. You can tell that there's a real difference between some game companies because, uh, like, while Nintendo does uh, microtransactions on their mobile free-to-play releases, they won't let that stuff touch their mainline games, like. No, they won't. But it's there. But... It's 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 a minor source of revenue for them. I, I think yeah. I think where I try I tend to draw the line 
is when I think back to, well, not even back, even currently with, with uh, MMOs like World of Warcraft, there are items you can purchase um, with real money in the game for people that are collectors and stuff like that. Special pets, mounts, okay. things of that nature. And I see the same thing with Square Enix and their Final Fantasy uh, online or something special during the holiday or whatever. Um, and, and I hate to use the word tangible, but it's not you're not gambling for something there, right? Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a special item that they'll give up for sale during special times of the year but it's not a it's not this mystery box where it's where it is the true gamble um you know if you're, you're heavily purchasing invested in skin i don't i like yeah. i think that's fine yeah and if you're that's just purchasing awesome. a skin um something that's actually uh, maybe a usable item in the game but the difference being is that you're not buying things that help you along in the game these are just kind of cool item collector things to have the skin are still problems to me but <laughs> yeah i i agree i agree somewhat on on the skins from a from visual thing and, and i don't know that i i see that all too much like i don't see outfits for no it's it's the purchase. kids no it's it's but, the younger ones i think as yeah. an adult you know better it's the kids buying the, it's it's the nine-year-olds that want to buy the skins mm-hmm mm-hmm it's not uh, even a couple of years on them. The fourteen-year-olds know better now, right? But there's there's a little some period. So well, some do. But so, to uh, want to buy, to want to buy fancier clothes, to impress your online friends. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, I usually get a skin just because I like the skin. But uh, but I mean, you're also an adult, like well. Yeah, yeah, but let's not forget that we also live in a country where, at one point in time, pet rocks were a big concern. So <laughs> video game skins aren't necessarily the stupidest thing that. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that's, they're not. So, no, they're they're. Oh uh, God, what do you call that? They're tempting. That's the problem yeah. with them. Well, anything, anything that's colorful and like bright is going to tempt basically kids, though, or adults. Uh, yeah, I suppose, but that's why you don't. Uh, if you buy the game, I, I kind of see it with the free games, but um, I think if you're buying a game, you should have been able to buy the game. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, a full priced game, I don't think should really do that. I agree. So what uh, we're talking about in these micro transactions, that someone who, because this happens in Wall Street and stock exchanges, there's micro fees, things like that. That's someone taking that concept and bringing it to game developing, which, you know, this is happening in other industries where they're trying to either cut corners or just get as much cash as possible out of it. And when you apply it to something that's also an art, a creative art, um, that's where it feels, I think it feels especially dirty. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like you know, they're making a lot of money. Gaming is. If I had known when I was a kid that I could have been paid or make a living off of game character development, I would have gone into that. Like I would now, you against it. <laughs> so, like, there's there's just this whole field that's grown and it's making a lot of money. It's never going to lose money, and to try and like squeeze it that much harder, I think they're going to end up, like the companies that do this are probably just going to run their uh, their customers to all these other developers. Oh, like yeah, I know. 
Godot, uh, I think they said they're developing scripts that if this moves forward to help uh, game developers move their uh, Unity games to their engine. Mm -hmm. And there's mm -hmm. other organizations and then even I think some uh, university departments who are working on these scripts too. Because it's not just them, it's, you know, their education is going to be impacted. Unity is used in a lot of classrooms to teach game development. And supposedly they're going to be incorporated as a part of this, but they're not going to trust that. And they don't want to raise game developers using a system that's going to like treat them hostily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to make it a norm. They don't want to make this the future of what gaming is. And the way to fight against that is to essentially walk away from it. Right. Yeah. Move on and, to other options and, and do that. Yeah. That's been what a lot of uh, developers have been saying. Uh, the, like I said, the cult of the lamb developers have said that they're just taking their game off or not going to sell it anymore after this policy goes into effect. Several others have announced that uh, their game, the games that they had planned to release are going to be majorly delayed because they're going to swap engines uh, so they don't have to deal with this. Uh and many others are saying that the game that's coming out next will be the last game that they ever develop in Unity. Yeah, but I, I'm willing to bet because I bet just if if they still if they make a little money on this a little more, um, now you've got the prisoner's dilemma thing happening, and they're all going to do it. They're going to have to for survival. Who? Whoever else? Because that's just how things work. <laughs> yeah, eventually, eventually, more and more companies start folding into a all one hundred million thousand other companies. Yep, they'll all do it, and you won't be yeah. able to pretend that you have a freedom in this way. Is not uh, oh, just don't go with that one. That's a temporary solution, but it's well, just like the, there are there are are already pre existing solutions. Like this is really highly akin to. Uh, highly akin to what happened uh, with the Wizards of the Coast when they announced that they were redoing the OGL. Like, yeah, D&D uh, &D stood to make some money in the short term, but everyone, everyone announced that they were going to other systems and making their well, own. Yeah, if everybody does that, then that's a good, yeah, you'll put an end to it. It's like, they, they have some developer, they they have these smaller developers, basically. The ones who are so small that they can't afford to take their games off at, or change engines. Like They can't um, afford the manpower to, yeah. to change it, so they're stuck. So, like, and it's interesting because we're already seeing the protests. It's over 500 developers join Unity protests against runtime fee policy. Uh, they have more companies and developers have joined to protest against Unity by switching off ads and monetization. They're sending a message that they don't, like Magic Tavern, Lion Studios, Machine Zone, uh, and individuals, they're turning off monetization so that Unity feels the hurt now. Yeah, so... Uh... Like Unity, I, I I mean I don't know exact like there were good ways to make enough money and make yourself profitable. Like uh, what uh, more profitable? They're already profitable. Are they profitable? That's because a questionable thing. So there's there's the in their <laughs> that's always defense. Funny. Okay, is that their model that they have right now isn't necessarily 
sustainable to continue growth or, or getting the money that they feel like they should be getting. And so the question becomes then how do they, how do they go about getting that money? How do they go about capturing that cost? It's just no different well, than what wizards of the coast was, was attempting to do. And Hey, there's a lot of money being made out there that, that we feel is, is, is owed to us. So we want to modify our, terms of a service or usage to capture some of that revenue but that's it, like the, that's the entire problem with mm -hmm. like everything though yeah. is <laughs> a company going hey i really think i should be making more money like, yeah imagine imagine doing that hey, but that, that's that's the that's yeah and so i'm, I'm speaking purely from a, a bottom line business right is is it's all about that bottom line so whether you're trying to increase margins, uh, get your revenues up to, to where maybe you want to expand, right? Where are you going to get that money from? Are you going to borrow it? Are you going to find a way to capture on that money that you believe is already out there? In this case, the developers um, or their end users. And, and again, it's not to say that what they're doing is right. It's just how much of this is, is that and how much of it is they're just doing it in the shittiest way possible. Because uh, again, we have Unreal Engine out there, as I mentioned earlier, um, that seems to have found a revenue share model that it works. Now, right. why isn't that just copycatted if that seems to be an acceptable route to go? I, I don't know. I, I really just don't. Wait. I, would say, I, I predict in 10 years, um, I'm going to have to pay 20 cents every time I restart my Toyota. Heck, uh, you're going to pay $200 a year just to use your heated seats. Exactly. Cars is a, my next car might not... So, so, <laughs> I I drive a BMW today, okay, and and I this might be the last one I ever own. Why? Because a lot of the the things going forward are are moving towards subscription based. You want to use it's your car is going to have everything, all the features built in, but you're oh, going to no. pay yearly or quarterly or every six months to use some of those features. You want to use your Apple CarPlay or Android Auto, you know, five bucks a month. You want to use your heated seats during the winter, pay a hundred bucks. You know, it, it, it's it's turning into this microtransaction thing where if you want something, you pay for it and you don't technically own any of it. Okay. You're paying a, a fee per use. And, and we, we see this greed everywhere. Um, but you see it. I mean, that exactly mm. to your point, Charles, you know, 10 bucks to, to, to do something with, with your Toyota and it's, it's disgusting. But yeah. that's, I see it already. I already see it. I encountered I that when I was getting yeah, my car and like to your point, Chris, like I feel like there's a definite usage for the subscription model. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't mind paying subscriptions for things like uh, my, I, I pay like $30 a year for Ulysses, which is a writing program. Uh -huh. But that's because they're continually developing it and continually releasing updates yeah. for it. In the case of my fucking air conditioner, though, like, or Subaru doesn't need to do anything to run for me to run my air conditioner. Like, yep. They don't need to update it every couple months. It, it started a, a long time ago with like navigation, right? But yeah. If you wanted to use the navigation in your car, you had to pay for that quote-unquote subscription, and then you may or may not, depending on the car vendor, uh, uh, get updates to your freaking map. And it's like, why am I paying for something that is out yeah. of date? Or you have to pay like between three and five hundred dollars for the updated map. Yes. Every, well, yeah, every and then you got to go pay for an updated map. 
I'm like, I could I could go down to the store and buy a physical map for dollars and, 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 and usually have it more or less up to date. But it's like you can pay that you can pay half that and go get yourself a Garmin. It's like, well, and then Garmin has its own map update things you gotta pay for it too. So yeah, apparently or you can just use your phone now, which is why you don't see which, which is why they switch to and in some cars, if you want to have that functionality, you pay extra. Which is bullshit. It is. As it we is. all agree. So to Charles's so, point though, it, it's something I see. I, I agree with Charles. Like in 10 years, we, we can keep walking away and going to other engines in this case, um, to to find ways to, to navigate out of this. But the corporate greed is there. The mm. larger those those companies become, those engine uh, businesses uh, for those developers, it's going to come down to, hey, we're only making, let's say, $500 million a year. How do we get to a billion? It's got to come from somewhere. And But it, I think that's why people are like blasting so unanimously and, and fiercely now. I mean, just with this own one backlash uh, on Monday, this past Monday, it said that Unity ex executives and Ford employees have planned revisions to the proposed plan. According to Bloomberg, these changes include a maximum fee cap of 4% of a game's revenue over 1 million, a non-retroactive installation threshold, because see, they were going to do retroactive, mm -hmm. um, and for users to self-report install numbers. Self-report. <laughs> Okay, so I, I would be so malicious here, right? I would be, I'd spend the weekend developing these scripts or whatever, and if I found a developer I didn't like, I would just absolutely start wrecking them through all these scripted uh, spin-ups, spin-downs of these machines to do these fake installations and just let it run, run amok. And mm -hmm. you know what? With, mm -hmm. with how clever you can get between uh, VPNs and cloud services or whatever, I can make it look unique for every install. This This is... This is a weekend's work, you know? So this is just, it's garbage. As we mentioned but earlier, it's practically not possible. They can track that. Or if they now I'm just mad. Very now bad. I'm just mad. <laughs> I've made Chris mad. That's not good. Gets, I've been mad for, I'll tell you what, I've been mad for 20-something um, years. I bought AutoCAD on my own just right out of college. Oh, my God, God. Well... And it was it's it was useful at the time, but I you know, but then when I was one of the Windows updates, right, and all of a sudden my AutoCAD doesn't work anymore. And now it's now instead of being five hundred bucks or whatever it was I paid because it wasn't that much. I mean it was two thousand dollars or something, but now it's twenty thousand or it's two thousand a month or it's you know, yeah this, it's I, was, Microsoft, I thought, same thing you purchased Microsoft. Now yeah. you can only subscription based. Yeah, in that in that side, again, again to that point down in the bottom line, how do you how do you increase revenues, and and perpetual licensing is not the way to do that. Every major vendor that I work with in, in the IT space has moved away from perpetual licensing into subscription models. It guarantees their revenues. So as long as they keep building a product that keeps you tied in with them in their ecosystem they can guarantee that perpetual revenue. So instead of me paying $200,000 for the next five, seven, eight years, because let's let's face it, that's how it used to be, and, and nobody went to update their licensing or whatever, now I can say you're going to pay me $50,000 a year for as long as you use the software. 
then you just got to ensure that they keep it in there. But now you're going to end over time, you end up with more revenue. And that that's it. That's just at the end of the day. I don't like the the model and what 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 um what uh, Unity is doing here is obviously a little bit more into the micro transaction greed level and something that's just not practical. Um, but I mean, from a business standpoint, I, I I see what they're trying to do. We don't we don't have to like it, and in ten years, it may just be part of a norm. I I don't know. We'll see. Well, like from a developer's standpoint, I can understand the subscription model because you are now expected like a lot of programs you're expected to update them and keep them going for and run servers for them for uh years and years and years Mm -hmm. and like a single sale your profitability is now dropping way down if you've got a main if that person's going to be taking up server space for 10 years Yep. During the life of your product, you've got to find a way to justify that cost. Uh, and so, like certain programs where uh, it they are expected to be continually developed, I think a subscription is fine. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. to cover like development costs because people still got to get paid to put out those updates. Yeah. And. <coughs> If people don't keep buying the thing, then how are you going to keep your thing updated? How are you going to keep your people paid? Uh, But I mean, like, so uh, I mentioned Ulysses earlier. It's and also there's another called uh, Scrivener, but that's the only thing they sell. I haven't heard of in a long time. Yeah, that's the only thing they sell, though. Like, that's they don't have they don't come out with a new game every. Uh, two years based on a development cycle. They've got the one product that people buy and then well, I guess in uh, Scrivener's case, I don't think they ever charge a subscription, but uh, it's also much, they don't run any servers for it or anything. Like, justify it with cost, and I'm okay. But, like, Give me something that I should just purchase once. I'm not going to pay. I don't want to pay for it every month if it's not going to give me a value. Especially if you're not asking for more. It does what you want it to do. Yeah, this is a cup of pudding. I don't want to have to to pay 50 cents for it tomorrow. I ate it today. Yeah, to your point, Charles, you know, AutoCAD, Adobe, these are all things you used to be able to just buy the license for, and you used it until you maybe had to update it. And and now that you've had to update it, I'd rather just buy the perpetual and move on. You know, I I don't need to, I'll buy it every five, seven, eight years. But again, they're trying to, how do I I guarantee I get more money from you every year? So it sucks. So all in all, we all agree, this sucks balls. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, so, like, final question to everyone: If mm-hmm. Unity moves forward with it as it stands of Monday, are you going to buy any more Unity games? Me? I'm indifferent. No. I I mean, I don't, I think it'll be hard to buy any Unity games going forward if they go forward with the process as is. Yeah, I I think it depends on I think it depends on. Game. I don't go out of my way to look at, at what platform it's on or anything like that. If I'm interested in a game uh, and the cost seems reasonable to me and it's not 
littered with loot boxes and microtransactions, I'll probably jump in and play it regardless. Same as, you know, a Star Wars fan would maybe still jump into Battlefront 2 if they really just wanted to play it and experience it. But it, it comes down to each individual person. So for, for me, I'm not going to... I, I, I don't have personally an impact other than not buying the games, um, you know, that I think makes a difference. And maybe that's where I'm wrong. And everybody who thinks that way is is helping continue them to, to live on. But I'm not going to go out of my way not to buy something if I really wanted to, if it was made on Unity. And in this case, by not buying games built on the Unity engine, like at least in the extremely near future, you're more hurting the... Game developers. developers rather yep. than unity because they still need that income even if they have to give a little well, bit more to unity I, I i do think that's a good reason for the game developers to right because i i've i'm sure um there have been sales not not that i want to do but that the kids want to do that i have said no to that might not you know they might not have been that bad but um we're we're awfully close to Taking the little one off video games altogether just because of the loot boxes, mm-hmm. right? For a while, just because. So yes or no, you probably wouldn't buy any then, Charles, right? Yes or no. Well, not only that, I'm saying they're hurting video games in general because, oh, like, <laughs> like, I'm done with video games. I, well, yeah, we're, we're having that discussion with the VR. Well, he shouldn't be playing it anyway, but. It's every time. It's can I get the skin? Mm-hmm. Or and um, the the answer is well, no more VR because <laughs> you know. <laughs> so no more so, VR, no more games. Okay. Look, I'm just saving myself time. <laughs> I don't want to answer this question anymore. You just can't play games. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, and uh, which which. I'm sure not what they intended. It's not really what I I want either. Yeah, Jenna. I was just gonna say, like they, what that reminds me of is all the flavors of vaping. They say it's for adults, but obviously these flavors are going to get teenagers and kids under age sneaking vaping. Mm-hmm. Oh, these skins for adults who have their own money to pay for it, but they know that kids are gonna push, even steal money from their parents to get these things, and they're just gonna be able to get more money. I mean, that's. <laughs> The entire toy industry. So <laughs> it was like uh, in the eighties, uh, it was uh, cartoons, and like because Reagan deregulated things so that cartoon or like children's programming could just basically be advertisements for toys, and that's where all the cartoons that we grew up with came from. Is ba- is just a cash grab for all the kids who'd be like. I want the Ninja Turtle toys. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. To be tuned, audience, as to what happens next. Yep. I, I, I. Yep. The revolution begins in two weeks. Okay. Oof. Good. So I need to get a good picture back up. And, uh, uh, you know, Molotov. We're good. Yeah. yeah. Get a good we'll night's sleep. Get a good night's sleep in beforehand. Uh, sharpen your pitch. Hydrate. 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 Hydrate's very important. All right. Uh, so while we're getting ready to tear down the very, the very structures of capitalism, we will say bye for this week. Uh, bye for.
I forget how we normally end these. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, if only, if only you're we have the outro. Yeah, all right. <laughs> monthly fee. So, <laughs> ooh, there we go. May, we can't beat him. Let's join him. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, we will be back next time with our pricing structure. Yes. <laughs> In the meantime, Just kidding. Everyone have kidding. a good week. <laughs> All right. Bye. They'll run. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well.